This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Back to where we started there in uh, Acts 1, and you begin to see the upper room group, the diversity, be, the diversity between the men and the women that were there. Um, just some of them were fishermen, tax collectors, one from a radical political group. But the Lord Jesus knew if he could just get a touch of heaven upon them, that everything would change. And many viewed these, these men in the upper room as a bunch of losers because they were untrained and uneducated by the world standard. And so when I look at these guys, these are the very ones that when life began to be a crisis and began to squeeze them, they, they ran on Jesus. Remember, Peter's the one who denied him. Uh, Stephen, he was full of doubt and unbelief. But yet the Lord Jesus knew if I can just get them to a place where they'll receive the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, everything will change. So Acts 2, verse number 1, And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. We've been on this, the significance of one accord. You begin to see how, how uh, important it is. Verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And again, it's the view of the, the unseen power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 3. Then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire, and one set upon each of them, in reference to his presence. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I just want you just for a second to really get this. They were all filled with God himself. And just think of the significance in, in my life and your life to have the thought, I, I could be filled with God himself that the mark of heaven would be upon me. And I believe it's one of the most neglected things that's happened in our church that we begin to drift more and more to more about talent and more about abilities and man-made ideas. And we've changed this platform to stages that are nothing more but entertainment. But what would happen if we welcome the mark of heaven upon us? where I sit here on a Sunday morning and the Word of God cuts me to heart. And when I sing songs like we just do, or we just did, that the Holy Spirit would begin to probe me, that something would be different. And I believe this is what the Lord was talking about here, that he would take ordinary men and women and make them extraordinary. And the issue is an ability, but the issue becomes my availability to the things of God. And so we're going to highlight some things this morning. Go with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And my prayer today is that each one of us would be visited by the Holy Spirit and there would be a renovation in every one of our spiritual lives. So we get to Ephesians chapter 5. And this was the Apostle Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. We begin in verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly walk cautiously sensitively and when you see that I, I, I walk 
And it's a caution in every step that I take. Why? Not as fools, but as wise. And so he gives this warning right here that I'm either going to walk this time in my life as a fool or I'm going to walk wise. And how does that take place? Verse 16. Redeeming the time or redeeming every opportunity. Make your time count. Make your today's count. Why? Because the days we live in are evil. The pervasiveness of of evil. The times we live in. You know, and I know there's many of you, bless you, that you don't watch the news or look at a newspaper But if you do, you find out real quick, we live in a very evil world. And I believe this is part of the warnings here that I must pay attention how I live because the pool of evil is very strong right now. The apostle Paul goes on and say, therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't live foolishly or act thoughtlessly, but understand what the will of the Lord is. What's the will of the Lord? Well, the Lord's desire is that none perish. The will of the Lord is that we would live godly and we would live holy and we would live a life separated unto him. Verse 18, and do not be drunk with wine. Don't don't go back to that old way of life. Why? in which is dissipation or we dissipate. That word means to cheapen. And so he's given us insight right here that I'm either gonna go back and live by that old lifestyle or, look what he says, but be filled with the Spirit. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. His influence on all aspects of our lives. The overflow of the Spirit that enhances my relationship. So it's interesting here. What does alcohol do to a human being? It alters my behavior. It influences me in an ungodly manner. That's why it says driving under the influence. So the Apostle Paul here, I believe he's telling us I'm either going to be influenced by the things of this world or I'm going to be influenced by the Holy Spirit. And I believe this is a strong warning. And so I go back and look over and over in my life and I saw how alcohol would change my character. It would change my my actions and my behavior. But he's saying, instead... Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, when you look at the words there, be filled with the Holy Spirit, he wasn't talking about being filled once and for all. Actually, this literally means to be filled over and over and over. The great evangelist D.L. Moody said the reason for this, as we as human beings, we leak. And so I, I need to be filled Day by day by day. And I believe this is the significance because there's a contrast here that goes on between the foolish and the wise, 
between the ones that are the things of the world and the things of the kingdom of God. And the thing about this is I'm going to get caught up in one of them. I'm going to give my heart to one of them. Verse 19. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, everything that we just mentioned was a byproduct of the Holy Spirit. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, the psalms are spiritual lyrics. The hymns are humanly inspired Spiritual songs are given by the Holy Spirit. And so we're to sing in our understanding. We're to sing in the Spirit. But when you begin to look at all he's talking about, there becomes an overflow within me. That there becomes a gratitude that's birthed by the Holy Spirit. And so when I read this right here, here's the question you've got to ask yourself right now. Do you lean more toward foolish or do you lean more toward wise? Do you lean more toward the influence of the Holy Spirit? Or do you lean more toward the influence of the world? And so this is what the Apostle Paul begins to tell every one of us. And I believe it's so important because, again, we live in these evil times. There's a pull on you. Turn one chapter to Ephesians chapter 6. And as you're turning to Ephesians 6, I think how we live is more important than how long we live. That I want my today's count. And so uh, continue this morning to, to allow the Holy Spirit just to move in your heart in these areas. Because the Holy Spirit will locate you real quick. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally. And, and that word finally implies not in conclusion, but rather insofar as the rest of your life and the challenges are concerned. My brethren... Church folk, men and women of God, be strong in the Lord. Be, be strong in the Lord. Let, let the Lord's strength, the union that you have through the Lord Jesus Christ, be strong in the Lord. But he doesn't stop there. He has an and in there, and he says, and the power of his might and so it's by Jesus. But remember, anytime you receive, or see the word power, you go back to Acts 1.8. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll receive power. Now, he's, he's warning us right here. We need to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So keep reading and let the word teach us here. Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God. Some people would say, well, I didn't realize there's an armor we're supposed to put on. But if you'll notice, he said, put on the armor of God. So why would you put on armor? Because we're in a battle. So keep reading here. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you, who? You. You may be able to stand against the wiles, the schemes, the strategies of the devil. So he begins to give me some insight right here that, that I need to stand. Everything the devil throws at you will, will be deflected by, by this armor or defeated by the armor. So when you begin to see this, you'll find out that, that in verse 12, and I'm just going to read it for you, 
We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Our battle isn't with other human beings. So if my battle isn't against other human beings, who's it against? It's against the devil, the demons of this world is who's talking about. It's not against your mother-in-law, okay? And I think oftentimes we view everything as against other people. The devil may flow through other people, but it's the devil behind the scenes. So if I'm at this spiritual battle, which me and you are, and it's against the enemy, I better fully understand all the armor that I need to wear, and I need to see that I get it on every day. I need to make a purposeful effort to put it on every day. My armor. Now, to help you just a little bit about that, I, I think about a football player. And he wears this armor. And so what would you think? You get home from church on a Sunday this fall, and, and you're watching the Cowboys. And you see Dak Prescott jog out on the field, and he gets in the huddle, and he doesn't even have a helmet on. What would your first thought be? My first thought would be, what kind of stupid is he? And then you see another player come out and he doesn't have his shoulder pads on. So we get the analogy in, in the natural in a football game, but this is what begins to happen with us spiritually that if I don't put on my whole armor. Now, I don't want you to show a hand right now, but let me ask you a question. Are you in some uh, source or sense of a, a spiritual battle right now? Are you in some type of spiritual fight right now? Some of you probably are. Actually, if the truth of the matter is, we probably all are in some sort. So number one, do I even know what my armor is? But number two, do I put it on? And number three, do I put it into action? So in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11, verse 13, and verse 14, he uses the word stand. He says stand. That word stand is a verb that means to vigorously oppose. Now remember he said you are going to have to put your armor on and you are going to have to stand. You're going to have to vigorously post. So here's the thought off of that word standing. If I'm not standing in the armor that he gives me, then what are you doing? I'm probably retreating. And if I'm not retreating, if I'm not standing, then I'm probably going to fall, correct? So there's all kinds of, of armor. I want to highlight just two verses off this. You, you got to read this and study this. But look with me in verse number 17. And take the helmet of salvation. Protect your mind. 2 Corinthians 10 says, cast down every thought that the enemy brings against you. Every evil thought. Protect your mind. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to the word of God. So part of your army, I got to protect my mind. What goes in my mind? Well, how's your thought life? Have you been dating the devil? Have you been going steady with him? See, again, he tells us, cast down those thoughts. But look what he goes on to say here in verse 17. 
Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. What's the sword of the Spirit? Which is the Word of God. This is one of the offenses that I go on the offense with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So again, I, I get the Word of God and the Holy Spirit begins to breathe on the Word of God. In other words, he causes the Word of God to come to life. That's Hebrews 4.12. The Word is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So I welcome the Holy Spirit that he begins to breathe on the Word of God. The, the, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. To understand that a little bit better, do you remember back in Matthew 4 when the Lord Jesus was being tempted by the devil? On three different occasions, you can begin in Matthew 4, 4 and keep reading. It'll say when the devil came and tempted him, Jesus would say, it is written. It is written. And every time the devil would come around, he would say it was written. So you know what, Jesus? Jesus was daggering him with the word of God. If this is what Jesus did, with, what about me and you? I've got to begin to learn the word of God. So when the devil comes around you and starts yakking, just start speaking the word to him. Just speak the word of God to him. And so the sword of the spirit, which he said, is the word of God. And then look what he uses next. Praying always with all prayer, and supplication, which is petitions, in the spirit. It means this is how we engage in the battle itself. Prayer is a battle in itself with God's word being our chief weapon. I need to have the Holy Spirit within me to stir up my prayer life. And let me ask you a couple questions off what we've talked about. How are you doing with the Word of God? Again, I, I must get into the Word, and when I get into the Word, God gets in me. You gotta get into the Word, day by day by day by day. And then let me ask you too, do you have a prayer life? Have you ever prayed to the Father in the name of Jesus? If you haven't, I need to start going because this is part of my armor. This is the significance of what Jesus is talking about. And if I don't learn the word and speak it out of my mouth, if I don't learn to pray, you're probably going to get your rear end kicked, okay? That's probably as nicely as I can say that. And that's just not a you. That applies to myself. This is significant of the word of God. So get to a place in your daily life where you begin to pray. How do I pray? Just as I would talk to Gloria right here, I just talk to her. You don't have to put on this religious, our father, which are, that to be religious. Just go before God. Well, what if I don't make a lot of sense? Welcome to the NFL. A lot of times I don't either, but I just begin to pour my heart out to God and I tell him the things that are on my plate for the day and invite him in, but I've got to get into the word and I got to establish a, a prayer life right here. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And look what he says here. Being watchful 
to this end. You know what I think Paul was telling the church at Ephesus and me and you? You're going to have to do this as long as you're on this earth. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. And he says, how? With all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So when he talks about all prayer and petitions, how, how does prayer benefit me? Well, in Romans 8, 26, the apostle Paul also wrote that there's times in my life I don't know what to pray, but the Spirit of God knows what to pray. Have you ever been there? I'm there quite often. I don't know what to pray, but the Holy Spirit does. And so when I invite him to be a part of that, something begins to take place. We need the Holy Spirit in our prayer life. Jude verse 20 says, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. Something happens when I pray in the Spirit. Now to talk about that just a, a little bit farther, and I'm just gonna do it briefly. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14 and 15, the apostle Paul said this. Now listen real close to the words. If I pray in the Spirit, or if I pray in other tongues, wait a minute. And he said there in Ephesians 6, 18, in all forms of prayer. So if I pray in other tongues, do you know one translation says it literally this way? When I pray in my private prayer language, my mind is unfruitful. My mind doesn't comprehend it, but when I pray in another tongue, something is taking place that the Holy Spirit is praying through me. So the apostle Paul in verse 15 says, here's the conclusion, here's what I'm gonna do. I'll pray in the spirit and I'll pray in my understanding. I'll sing in the spirit and I'll sing in my understanding. So you know what he was telling me and you right here in his everyday life, his, his normal everyday life, these were both parts of it. That he prayed at times in the spirit and he prayed in times in his own understanding. Bible, biblical. You know what he said? I'm gonna do both, but I will be mindful and I will be thoughtful. I encourage you in this, okay? I encourage you just to be biblical. We talked about that a few weeks ago. If you pray in understanding, welcome the Holy Spirit. If you pray in other, welcome the Holy Spirit. This is part of my armor. And if I don't learn to pray and ask the Holy Spirit, you just jogged out on the football field without one of your greatest weapons. You know what that means in the natural? You're getting ready to get your head knocked off. But something happens when I begin to heed the word of God day by day. Turn with me to, to John chapter seven. John chapter seven. So I really believe as we, we navigate through the word of God today, the scripture begins to locate me. And sometimes we look at some of this and we think, eh, this isn't a big deal. It's not a big deal, it's huge. 
And if you don't believe me, just watch what Jesus' words say here in John 7, verse 37. On that last day, the great day of the feast, the Feast of Tabernacle, Jesus stood and cried out. So the Feast of Tabernacle is going on. Thousands are there. Jesus gets their attention and he cries out and look what he says. If anyone thirsts, if anyone thirsts, go to the nearest 7-Eleven and get a Gatorade. Not. Again, when he was talking about anyone thirst, he was saying, do you thirst spiritually? Are you thirsty spiritually? So if anyone thirsts, what are we supposed to do? Let him come to me. This is interesting because Jesus says, I'm not going to go out and get you in a headlock and make you come. He said, let him come to me. So this begins a, a choice of my will. And so for me to come to him, you know what that is? I surrender to you, Lord. I'm coming on my free own will because I thirst. But Jesus didn't stop. He said, let him come to me and drink. Don't, don't just come to me, but drink. If anyone, do you know salvation is available to any one of us? And you may say, man, I've done a lot of bad things in my life. We all have. I, I don't know that Jesus would save me. If anyone, if anyone, you know, we had four get born again in the first service. Just right here off of this thought. If anyone comes to me and drinks, verse 38, he who believes in me as the scripture has said, he who believes in me. So you know what? He who believes in me as the scripture has said, that's John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. That's Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if you would believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, as the scripture said, you would be born again. And so again, he highlights the very first thing he's telling you, you've got to be born again. But look, he doesn't stop. And he says, and out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Out of my heart, the, the real me, the overflow fullness of a spirit-filled life will flow rivers of living water. He didn't say there'd be a trickle. There would be a flow of rivers of living water. Now, look at the last verse here on this, verse 39. But this Jesus spoke or prophesied concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. And so here's what Jesus was saying. You gotta get born again. But you gotta drink. Now I think about this right now as hot as it's been. Are you thirsty? 
So what do you do when you're thirsty? You continue to drink. Well, in, in light of that, in the spirit, are you thirsty? Are you dry? Are you stale? Are you stagnant? Are you dead spiritually? And, and Jesus said, listen, if you're born again, but the first thing, you gotta get born again. But if that's you, you gotta get filled with the Holy Spirit. You gotta start drinking. And you know what I find in my own life? The hotter it gets, the more I drink. And right now, I'm drinking lots and lots and lots and lots of water. But think about this spiritually. If you're not hot, if you're not you're not going to be drinking. But he said, if you thirst, come on and drink. Does that locate me? Do you know anything in this natural world that doesn't get water will die? Animals, humans, vegetation. Some of you said that looks like my or sounds like my yard right now. But the Lord Jesus right here says that if you thirst, come to me. When we talk about thirst in the natural, do you only drink a lot of water on Sunday and it gets you through the entire week? No. How often do we drink daily? And right now it's a lot. How much are you drinking spiritually? See, without the drinking of the Holy Spirit day by day by day, I'm thirsty. And the Holy Spirit is saying, man, just welcome me. Just welcome me. Would you stand up here with me on this Sunday morning? I couldn't get away from the word drink. Drink. Jesus just simply said, if any of you thirst, number one, come to me. I'm going to ask you to bow your head right there where you're at. Even if you're watching my live stream today, Spiritually, you know where you're at right now. Have you ever given your heart to Jesus as Lord of your life? If anyone, if, any, if that's you, if you're in anyone today and you say, that's me, I, I need to give my heart to Jesus. Oh, today's your day. But remember what he said, come to me. And so right here where we're at, if that's you today and you know, man, I, I'm not born again or you know, man, I, I, I'm not in a right relationship with the Lord right now. I've, I've drifted. He still welcomes you. Is there anyone in here today? So we go to step two. And drink. And drink. I, I know because of life sometimes we get off track. Sometimes we get so busy that we forget to drink. 
But if you're here this morning, and just bow your head again. If you're here this morning and, and we go back to the beginning in Ephesians 5, where I, I got to watch how I live because my life is not good, but it's an evil time. And then we jump to chapter 6 and Maybe all hell's broke loose in your life right now. It seems like everywhere you look, it's chaos. It's a battle that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But again, if I don't come before the Lord and drink and take, take the things of the Spirit of God, whether it's through the Word, whether it's through my prayer life, and maybe you're in a spiritual battle right now and you're saying, this is a wake up for me. Luke 11, the Lord Jesus said, if anyone will ask for the Holy Spirit, I'll fill you. I'll fill you. I don't know where you're at today. But I believe Jesus is wanting to fill you. Prayer time, whatever's going on, has just been stale. Maybe non-existent. Where I just come before the Lord and say, Lord, I, I need you to fill me fresh today. I need a touch of heaven upon my life right now. As our team gets ready to sing, I, I welcome you. Just come before the Lord and say, oh Lord, I'm here, I'm thirsty, fill me. Fill me fresh today. Go ahead, guys. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.